0: Kid.
1: Okay, I think we are uh, all set, just double checking, and so far nothing. How are you doing, Corey?
0: Doing good, just uh, enjoying the uh, Twitter spaces again, and excited to talk a little bit about hitters.
1: Okay, I'm trying to see if this is recording. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're going. <laughs> it's just really delayed uh, for some reason. Okay, let's let's get started. I'm sure there's gonna, people are going to have a lot of questions because obviously with things like flat ground bats and all of that, social media has become such a great place to, to find baseball players and obviously all, all kinds of social media. But what, what I really want to cover with you today is what you really look for when you're trying to evaluate a hitter versus a swinger because, as we all know, there are lots of kids who can – who can have exit velos of 95 plus, but that doesn't make them a hitter. What is it that you look for when, especially let's talk about social media videos, when you see them, what, what turns you off and what, what excites you when you see
0: swings? Yeah. So I'll start off with it is as uh, one thing that I talk with a lot of our guys about is mature versus immature hitters. So the number one thing I look for in a mature hitter is the ability to adapt as a high school kid, it's maybe not pitch to pitch, but maybe the bat. Something that we can change our approach, change our mindset, going from a bat to a bat, where if we get fooled once, we're not going to get fooled twice. The other thing that we can look for is somebody that understands the gap-to-gap equals success. The last thing that we want is a dead pull hitter that's hooking everything to the line. The only thing they're doing is trying to, like you said, throw those big numbers up of having a like pull side right down the line, hooking, sweeping, balls that are you know breaking into foul territory right on the line, but able to use the gap to gap equals success. The third thing is the ability to punch the ball the other way. The biggest thing is, is a lot of guys aren't the home run hitters. They're able to base hit. They're able to move runners, strategically play the game. And those are three things that I look for. When I'm looking into videos, one of the biggest thing is, is I'm just looking at their hips and their hands. I look at their timing mechanisms. I look at the back knee. I look at the hands to see how they're loading and separating. And then I look at the overall swing plane and what it predicts or what it translates into the swing and into the game.
1: I just want to touch on a couple of those points. It's funny you, you mentioned, obviously, the adjustability because I, I literally was just off of uh, the phone with coach pickens and he was talking about same thing right the only thing he's looking for is kid make adjustments but i want to talk about the video part so when kids are sharing video and they're dming you video or or they're putting it on on flat ground whatever what angles do you want to see so you can see the best things you you, i'm assuming you don't want to necessarily see a lot of t swings but probably more in-game swings if i understand you correctly
0: yeah, it's always good to have straight behind angles or straight at angles that just shows the two things that I look for, the separation and uh, overall swing plane It shows the timing of it. I don't want to really see T swings or you know, soft toss, things like that. BP swings are okay, but at the same time, you got to make sure you get in-game swings in there, uh, show your adjustability to off-speed, show your the timing mechanism to a fastball, how you adjust and two-strike approaches, all that stuff. Try and get as much or a few swings of those three things in there as you can.
1: So I, I, we actually never discussed this question, but you got a kid, who, you know, he's adjusting to an off-speed. It's an ugly swing, okay? It's not that perfect swing everyone seems to be chasing after in lessons. Should he be posting it, not posting it? What, what, what's your opinion on it?
0: Yeah the biggest truth of baseball is just it's a game of failure you're going to get fooled you're going to you know have some of those things we want to see your best swings but we also want to see some of those off swings and how you adjust from those that may be a time or that may be a second video that you'd have some of those things in there but i would love to see how you take in a bat and go from getting fooled on that pitch one to you know going to pitch two uh those things just translate, you know, into the game of failure and the game of being able to adjust and show that you're you're getting to that maturity level, being able to adjust pitch to pitch instead of taking and losing at bats. Now
1: we'll open this up to uh, questions as well, or we have some other people on the call live who obviously are, are are welcome to join. You know, if we know you, we're happy to invite you up here. If we don't know you, please feel free to send a direct message, and and we'll try to answer any of your uh, uh, questions that you're interested in. If you've got a kid who looks like he's really strong, he's posting a lot of videos from him from showcases and stuff like that. He doesn't seem to be getting any of the attention that he would expect to get. Again, big, strong kid. What, what kind of advice would you give him in order for him to hopefully land in, in a good place?
0: You mentioned it there. A big, strong kid that shows off well in showcases. You need to get out some kind of in-game film. I've seen a lot of guys in showcases that blow the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, they get on the uh, on the uh, radar guns hitting exit velocities and put up big numbers. And the only thing that it shows with those kinds of numbers is he cheats a swing and is what I call the deadpool hitter, or he's just loading up and all or nothing swing. And it doesn't really translate into the game. I'd say that, you know, if he's getting missed out on, then, he needs to switch his uh, switch his feet around to you know, show that in game swing, show that he's able to adapt, and show that you know, he's able to handle the velocity. Still able to blow the ballpark air ball out of the park. You know, all those things that you need as a as a next level hitter than just being able to be a big strong kid blowing it out in showcase form.
1: Now, what, what if you're a, a player who uh, you know, unfortunately for, for whatever reasons, haven't been able to get a lot of games in, having been able to really get a lot of at-bats against competitive pitching. What's some of your best options at that point to be able to showcase your skills and, and, or, and obviously also keep working on your skills if you're not playing regularly?
0: Yeah, so uh, machine is one of the you know, most difficult things that kids talk about. And the reason they think it's the most difficult is because it's a ball coming through a hole, being fed in, and it's not the perfect pitch they want. It also is a little bit harder to pick up on timing, things like that. Get in with a facility or get in with a machine and try and get reps. If you're not able to, there's plenty of drill work off the of tee, off a of soft toss get in with a partner. But the biggest thing I say is if you're trying to get some of those live reps, get in with a machine and guys that hit off machine translate into a lot better hitters, I would say as well. So let's talk about, what you do when you work with hitters and, and
1: improving them. I know you've got some tools that you really particularly like and stuff like that. So you've got, you've got a hitter that you've invited maybe to step on campus or maybe he's come to a camp or something like that. What are some of the things that you're probably going to look for first? I know you mentioned from the video point of view, but what, what are you going to look for first to start helping him maybe become a better hitter?
0: Yeah. So I, overall, the, uh, the number one thing I talk to hitters about is their top hand. The top hand is what translates into their barrel path, which translates into a bat control, the timing mechanism, plate coverage. There's a lot of things that the bat or the top hand controls. So that's the number one thing I look at and talk about is having a strong top hand. I also look at, you know, how well the player can adapt to each contact point. So when a kid comes on campus, the number one thing I do is I run them through some T work of working all three contact points Away, pull side, middle, and just working on finding all three of those points, and then see how well they can translate that and carry it over from one step or one drill to the next, and into BP, into end game, all of that stuff as they come on campus. The number one thing I want to see is a good overall swing, of uh, a good strong, you know, drive in the back knee, the hip firing, the hands pushing, good extension. All those things are uh, big things that I really focus on to make sure uh, a lot of kids don't realize that extension is where you get almost 25 percent of your power so it's the the push through at the end of the swing that carries the ball even further and stuff and a lot of guys don't understand that cut themselves off which then translates to other issues of play coverage the bat head getting through too quickly missing out rollovers all those things but those are the main things i kind of focus on
1: i know one of your your favorite tools to carry with you as you go from uh place to place. And even this summer you're taking it with you is, is your flat bats. And I'm sure people can go on, on your Twitter and see examples of that. Maybe you can make sure to sh- share one later as well, but can you tell us, you know, what you do with that flat bat, where to get it and, and, and why it's so valuable to you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the flat bat is one of my favorite drills overall. A very good friend of mine, coach Harvey, is the producer of it. I can share the link and share some video of it. What that kind of translate is that top hand getting flat to flat, getting through, finding cutting through the middle of the baseball and working in those 45 degree increments of getting a good load and punching through that front hip and then the extension. I talk about getting up and through the lights with your extension and your bat head. What that kind of does is you think of about an inch uh, wide area and you're trying to hit the baseball with that and so basically what it does is if you have a horrible swing you're rolling over you're cutting the ball into the ground you're you're flipping or you're just skinning the ball up into the top of the net and it really finds that line drive or that power backspin swing that we look for Uh, so with that it entails a lot of great things because it makes sure you're not cheating the drills you're not cheating your swing you're actually having to work on you know, that really good palm to palm metric and it also the the way the bat handles is it's actually pretty flat so it fits perfectly right in that groove of your hands where the bat should be located at and the hands the way they move and the way the wrists break and things to translate the barrel path that you're going to get with that one inch area to drive the baseball so it's two,
1: two things i want to Come back to because you mentioned earlier about the top hand and the path. And I remember when Sammy met Josh Dawson he told him that he tries to feel his bicep choking him when he swings. Obviously, he's trying to get that launch angle. But for a lot of the kids that you see, who maybe that's a little extreme for them. One, maybe because they don't have the biceps to pull it off, or are they just not strong enough to try to drive it, it with those kind of angles? What do you recommend for them?
0: Yeah. The number one thing I recommend is being very good in understanding your body type. Some kids, like you said, don't have the biceps to feel that. But the biggest thing that I can teach and talk to you guys about is just really feeling the, the type of push. I always talk about we want to eliminate being that chicken wing that catches your side, and does the chicken dance. We want to make sure that we can feel that skim through and push the elbow through the belly button and that's getting that good extension. That's also the, pretty similar to that same drive that Josh was talking about, but it's a little bit of a different cue for guys to focus on, really feeling that drive through that front side and all the way that full extension point. That's why I, some guys can't really feel what their arms are doing. That's why I talk about doing the drill swing stops. With the, We sit there and we drive through extension, and we get up and we want our bat head to act like there's – a building or a a light pole in dead center or the top of the batter's eye or the top of the cage, top of the L screen, whatever it may be that external cue to you for you to focus on and to make sure that you really feel that drive of that arm. And then the bat head finishing at that full extension point of pointing straight out. And we want to almost stop right there to sit there and incorporate, getting that feel. And that's what Josh was talking about. That's just a different way of describing it. And that way you feel a different side of it. And then after you get that feel and that comfortability, then all of a sudden we get into the full swing. And the next thing you know is that arm is that top hand and that arm getting fully ripping through from the front hip all the way through to the high point that the body naturally creates the launch angle. Then you're setting yourself up and feeling that bicep. Yeah, it's a a big
1: reason why, especially with younger kids or or people with underdeveloped swings, I, I love that Marv. His new swing trainer, right? Because it's got the baseball barrel, and it's kind of like the dog, the fed dog toy. But because it's got a real barrel, they can feel that movement in their hand properly, and they can feel what that hand is actually doing. And you can do one hand, two hand. And it's so sensitive that if it, if the ball drops out and or it doesn't go in the right direction, it's
0: so quickly. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Exactly what you said. It, it's feeling the barrel. It's feeling the extension. And it completely eliminates any kind of bad movements. The ball falls out. The ball it goes in a different direction than what you're planning on. A lot of great things are entailed by some of these devices now, and eliminate any kind of cheating. And and that's one of the best devices out there, just because it literally does eliminate any kind of cheating possible right now with bad movements and stuff.
1: So you're you're about to hit the the, the summer recruiting trail, and you're you're going to be going watching a bunch of high school players all, all across the country in a bunch of different places. As you're watching games, what is it that gets kids immediately crossed off your list
0: when, when you see them? So one of the biggest things that I look at is on the office side is how kids re- react to dealing with adversity, umpires, bad calls, coaches sending them in situations they don't want, like bad or calls or bad swings, fly outs, ground outs, weak contact, hard contact, resulting in outs, strikeouts, you know, all that thing, how they react to that. I, I don't want to have somebody in my dugout that's throwing helmets that has an Ill or a bad play and lets things carry over. The other thing is I really look at is how kids take pitches. That's something that sounds minuscular that a lot of people don't think about, but that's something that I care about. Do you track the ball all the way in? Do you give up on it right away? Are you jumping out of the way on breaking balls? All those things of how you take pitches are things that I'm interested in and uh, really care to watch. The uh, The next thing is how hard you get out of the box. Are you putting pressure on defense? And Are you busting out trying to take two, trying to take every extra base? All those things really correlate to me. And I really pay close attention and want those kinds of guys that do the little things, right. Starting from their pre-pitch all the way to their bat and all the way up to touching first base.
1: Let's hear for those hard
0: 90 guys. (laughs) Absolutely. My favorite guys right there. Yeah.
1: It's the guys who put that extra little bit of pressure who are never afraid to get off a bad swing. Never just, they find a way to compete and it's not about the million lessons they've taken and the money they've invested in the $600 bat. It's are they finding a way
0: to compete? Yeah, no, 100%. You know, the name or the game of baseball is all about competing, it's all about game of inches. The guy that, you know, takes that extra hard step and figures out locking their eyes on the front side of the bag, the body naturally gets there on the quickest step and things like that really all kind of correlate and translate into making sure those little things are starting to work and happen for the body and happen for the game. The game is a game of inches. You put a little bit of pressure on a kid. He takes that split second to get that you know, the grip out of the glove and throw it across the infield. Next thing you know, you're safe. All those things are what I love because all those things are what gets us an extra base hit, scores us an extra run, puts us an extra guy in scoring position, whatever it may be. Puts the puts a little bit of pressure on try I kind of like and I hate that saying of the tryhard just because it's like, hey, those are the kinds of guys you want. Have you
1: ever taken notice of a kid who's
0: uh, had a date that was
1: complete 0-4? Like, he just he just had a terrible date. Couldn't get a ball down if he tried. But you looked at him and you're like, that's the guy I want.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I've watched, I, went, I can remember last year, I'm watching a kid up at Grand Park play. And... I closed my eyes and and heard the ball come off the bat, and instantly thought that ball had to be out. And it was heavy wind, and next thing you know is the ball gets caught on the warning track, it flies out, a deep fly out, but absolutely crushed. And I look up and the kid's standing on second, and I was like, all right. Next at bat, he comes up and hits a you know a screamer in the three four hole. Uh, second baseman slides over, catches it on the turf, and throws him out at first. Moves the runner from second to third. Next at bat, takes a questionable curveball, strikeout. He sits there and doesn't say a single thing, walks back to the dugout. Next at bat, Sammy Zachary's all to the first at bat, drives the deep fly ball into right center, fly out 0 for 4. Watched him on the defensive side, and you couldn't tell that he was 0 for 4. He made every play. He did everything he needed to. And so it's like, hey, that kid right there, busting out of the box, sat there and squared up baseballs, had a really good swing. And then sat there and didn't let the game translate over to the other side and affect him there. He was mentally stronger. And it was like, all right, that kid's a kid that I wanted to come watch again, because I knew balls were going to start falling for him. I knew balls were going to start, or big things were going to start happening. It was just, you know, a matter of when.
1: As a college coach, when kids step on campus, what are the one, two, three things that, just make it easier for you to to take wherever they're at, because obviously they've been facing high school pitching could could be good, could, bad could be good. You know, it really depends, you know, where where you know where they're playing, but it'll it, it'll vary. But what are those one to three things that, that you look at a kid and, and, and say, hey, when I get him on campus, this is a kid that we can work with and and really develop into a great hitter.
0: Yeah, so it's a kid that has a great work ethic. The number one thing is I can teach a lot of great things on the offensive side, and I can help change a few things. But if the kid doesn't want to work at those things, then there's no chance that I will, anything will happen or anything will start to click for him. Today, a lot of kids live and watch ESPN, the 10-second the clips of home run or a game-winning or a, uh, a diving play or all those things. And they don't realize the amount of work that goes on from the off season to day one of spring training to all the way through the season. They don't realize the amount of swings that those guys take of 150, 200 a day to getting weight room work in to all the other things, you know, to kind of put themselves in the position to launch that ball. Or So number one thing is work ethic. Second thing is mentally strong. Like I've already said. The game of baseball is a game of failure. The biggest thing that you can't do is revert back to bad habits or want to be mentally weak and say, "Oh, this didn't work. I'm not listening, or I'm not doing it anymore." You got to trust the process and and be mentally strong and know that what you're trying to accomplish is going to work out. It's just it's going to take time. It's going to take reps. And then third thing would be uh, desire and projectability the desire to want to get better the desire to win you know, answering the kinds of questions that I I ask them about about themselves and all of that and uh, the desire to get on campus and try and compete my favorite story is as a kid that I've you know grown up with I was there the day he was born I coached him a little bit I watched from you know an outside perspective as he moved on to other teams and stuff but he uh, he's down at Alabama State there's actually an article about him and uh, his older brother is my best friend, and he uh, he came in and was a two way for Alabama State, and got told, "Hey, we don't really have a spot for you on the the play." And he said, "Watch me," and he had the desire to get better, get on the field, and he ended his freshman year up hitting a little over four hundred, led the team, had three home runs, I think twenty two RBIs and nineteen runs scored, and that was a true freshman that was also two way as their number two pitcher, and came in getting reps on the mound and have the desire to get on the field. And the, the famous lines is, you hit and the coach is going to find a place for you. He's played third, second, short, first, and right field. So those are the three biggest things. Hard work, a work ethic, a desire, and then mentally, strength, or mentally strong. Like they say, if, if you hit, you don't sit.
1: We're still open if, you ha- if anybody else has any questions. If not, we'll wrap it up soon. But I, but I do want to ask you. For for kids who are listening to this, who are your you know top three or four hitters? Let's get some righties and lefties in there for them to look at to understand what a good hitter looks like.
0: Yeah, so I absolutely love. Everybody talks about King Griffey Junior.'s swing. Absolutely love his, just the overall way that he adapted and he blew the ball out of the ballpark, but he also drove a lot of balls in the gaps. If you look back at another guy on the lefty side, Joey Votto, back in his earlier days here lately, it doesn't really translate. But if you look at the year that he competed and it was right there at the NL MVP, he sat there and really worked counts. He, he adjusted in pitch or in bat, pitch to pitch. He, he had an approach. He had a two-strike approach, all of those things. And that's what translated into him being one of the top hitters that year. So that was one of my favorites to watch as far on the right side. I'm trying to think. Franco, Wanda Franco from Tampa Bay. Now a uh, young guy, you know, driving the ball hard, uh, really good swing. And then also, I was kind of cliche to say, but Mike Trout, he just does so many things right. Yeah, he's a big body, but he also, his movements are clean. His swing plane is great. He doesn't really get in that Ferris wheel the launch. He he still drives the ball hard on the line, and he does a lot of great things for kids to look up video and break down each component of his swing. You you missed one of my one of my favorites, which has to be Juan Soto. Yeah, Juan Soto, hundred percent. I love the way he takes pitches. He tracks it all the way in. It's like he does the slide and grab, but it's like he does so many things that he's tracking every pitch and he's getting as much information as he can and it translates into his next, next pitch that you know he drives and hits the ball over the park and he does a lot of great things yeah it's, it's interesting
1: one of the one of the guys who was training at our facility was uh, a pro guy who was going to be facing Juan Soto in one of his first couple of major league games and he was asking one of the coaches to go through all the true media stuff and try to Take a look at how he should pitch each guy and stuff like that. No, independent of what he was going to get from, hopefully, from his team because he wasn't so sure what he was getting. So but, you know, he looked at it and he's talking about Mike Trout. Now, Mike Trout, you know, has always been known for having a hole, at, you know, in a particular part of it, uh, of his swing. But Juan Soto just has zero holes from a young hitter perspective. Can you explain why having that no hole? in any part of the swing is such an advantage?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you think of the game of baseball, 70 – I think it was like 72% of the game lives on the outside part of the plate. So right now th- what that kind of entails is is if you have holes in the up and down on the outside, you're going to swing and miss a lot. If you don't have the plate coverage because you're trying to be that high exit velocity pull side hitter – what that tells me is you're leaving a big section of that 17-inch plate wide open. The the game of baseball with break, with spin rates, with all those things tells me that you know, the more holes you have, the less of a hitter you're going to be, obviously. A lot of that comes from a strong top hand. A lot of that comes from adjustability and bad, or bad habits. But the biggest thing is getting that understanding of feeling all those contact points and feeling the small drills that translate over into fixing those holes and the number one thing is like i said already today a strong top hand describes your plate coverage
1: awesome so let's let's wrap up with this final question so if i'm a younger player right now you know an incoming freshman incoming sophomore and I, I need to start thinking of a plan of what I'm going to do over the next year or two in order to get recruited. What, what are the, some of the things I should absolutely be working on? The number one thing is
0: hit the weight room. The weight room takes care of the small, small t- tissue muscles, large tissue muscles, translates you know into staying healthy, translates into overall uh, power, th- throw power, keeps the body in check is your balance. It's uh, a lot of key things are in the weight room. Uh, the number two thing is is practice and get as many reps in as possible. No matter if it's on the offensive side of getting as many swings in, uh, just make sure that if you are taking swings, it's controlled. It's quality of bat- or quality swings. It's not just swinging 250 times a day and 20 times each round. A uh, six to eight quality swings get out. And reset, get a breather and kinda of step back in. So the biggest thing I tell kids all the time, and kids don't understand it, when are you ever going to stand in the box and swing twenty straight times? And and that just doesn't that's not realistic. Stepping in and taking six to eight quality swings of so putting everything into those swings that you can, you should be gassed and winded after those because that means that you're doing everything right and taking as much game like as you can and then step back out. And like I said, catch your breath, get as many reps in, and get in with somebody you trust. There's so many ways, there's so many people out there that don't really give the best information. There's a lot of people that give great information, but make sure that you're getting reliable information from people, and try and get somebody you trust. If you have an outside perspective on your swing. You can always message a lot of coaches, and it'll help out a lot of different people. But try and get as many you know reps in that are qualify or quality and then get, you know, somebody qualified to help you out and take you to that next level. There's a lot of great people that'll do that. Uh, it's just a you know, matter of finding it, but yeah, the weight room, quality swings, a lot of, or get as many reps in and don't, you know, have the desire to work hard and then you know, get somebody to help you out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we even have a couple of them on the call today, like coach Marcelino, who's just amazing. I've seen him work with kids and, and pros alike and, when you've got guys who really get it, find those. Don't necessarily just end up with the guy who is at your local facility who may or may not be improving your swing.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And then going off of, I did have one question I just wanted to touch on. I got asked, how important is the perfect game style, exit velocity, and recruiting? So Going off of that, the one one of the biggest things is, you, you got to hit a baseball hard. you got to square up baseballs. the The exit velocity number definitely translates in some senses, but there's also a lot of kids that blow it up and overswing off of a tee and put up these large numbers. and then once they get into moving ball path and all of that, they they cheat and they, they miss the barrel quite a bit. They loop around and have a real long swing and they never catch up to velocity we put some stock into it that we want to see a certain number and each position group has a different number. But the biggest thing is we don't put all the stock into that just because kids, the kids that have high numbers, sometimes translate into poor slings. There's certain ways to cheat that drill, hitting hard low ground balls that are straight at the L screen or straight at the radar gun. A lot of those things, the lower you hit the ball and, and stuff can translate to higher numbers. There's ways to cheat it. We know that. We can look at that, but there's also a lot to tell in the swing and just the way the ball comes off in-game. It's kind of 50-50, obviously. We can't take a kid that's, you know, at a, a low 70 exit velocity, but we also can't put stock into a kid that's 100 and, 105 and horrible swing that can't translate into uh, in-game also. Okay.
1: Just to make sure we we have a really fun question kind of end on. What do you think about bunting? Not a lot of exit velo, not big launch angle there, but should kids be able to bunt?
0: So uh, I imagine there's going to be a few of my friends that listen to this and they're going to start laughing at this question because I'm the one guy that absolutely will bunt. I love to catch people off guard with it. We practice it every single day. I'll suicide squeeze. I'll put guys in motion and the bunt. I do a lot of different things. First and thirds are one of the best times to lay down a bunts and stuff to catch defenses moving and on their heels. But, yeah, no, a bunting is something that 100% should still be in the game. I think it's, I think it's still part of the most exciting part. You see a kid lay down a perfect bunt that drops down the line and is in no man's land and stuff like that. That's more exciting to me than – Watching, watching some of the balls get out of the ballpark just because it is something that's so such a small part of the game that kids can't do, or grown men playing you know professional baseball can't move, can't do. A hundred percent that bunting should be still in the game and still something that kids work on.
1: Corey, thank you so much. Yeah, especially this year, I think you know we're finally seeing an MLB a lot more bunting, which is good. We're seeing it in the college game; it shouldn't go away. It's 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 the way. You- but also trains you to find the barrel right and, and how to soften it if you can do that you get good at finding a barrel
0: you yep. become a better hitter absolutely absolutely if you can if you can track a baseball in and catch it off the of the end of the, towards the end of the bat and lay down something that has the right kind of spin and drops down and and all of those things obviously it's tracking working the eyes it's working a lot of things that will translate into the swing I think that's something that everybody needs to work on and like you said, it's something that's part of the game, moving runners around, it's strategic planning. And it's even with the shifts and guys playing over in holes and stuff like that, if you can lay down a good drag bunt, push bunt, whatever it may be, it just opens up you know, the game even more to spread out and hit gaps and find even more holes.
1: Would, would it catch your attention if you saw one of those really drag bunts in a recruiting video? Kid lays it out ends up on second base because of bad throw as well would it catch your attention
0: yeah no absolutely i know everybody talks about they want to see swings and all that stuff but if you're a small you know speedy you know guy and the next thing you know is you do some of those things and it translates over into like you said advancing to second because you lay down a great bunt you bust a hard 90 and and a bad throw and next thing you know is you end up on second It's it's all about showcasing who you are as a player. It's all about what can you do to improve that on base percentage or that OPS. it may not be the prettiest thing, but it's like if you can you can be a sneaky drag bun and get it down last, pull it out last second, get it down, and really catch some teams off guard and move guys around. And it's understanding your game and really showcasing that. Then absolutely, I think so. I think that would be the perfect thing to incorporate. It also shows that you understand the small side of game of the game. and You're willing to give up, not really give up on a bat, but give up your bat of swings to help the team out. Right there just shows that you're also caring about the name on the front of the jersey and not only on the back.
1: That's awesome. I, I, I don't think we should go anything beyond that because I think that kind of really sums it up. Corey, again, thank you so much for your time. We'll have to do another one on infield next hopefully the next few days before again we we get crazy with our travel thank you for everyone who's listening in today and uh, we hope to catch you uh in a future one and this podcast will probably be out sometime next week for those who didn't catch it live
0: absolutely thanks again for having me on if anybody has any questions feel free to send them over and then i also i'll get up a couple videos of the flat bats that can go along with that question one is a catcher that when i first got to him he uh, he had a very high strikeout ratio and i finally improved and got some things worked out with him and uh, he actually ended the year hitting you know in his last half of the season he hit a little over 400 blew a couple balls out of the ballpark and uh really translated and took a <laughs> sad to say a very low average in the end the mid twos just because he he finally got things to click and he had the desire to listen and work hard and and trust the process so I'll get those out also
1: awesome and then just as a quick message everybody if you want a copy of uh, my book play ball kid Corey's mentioned in there as well it's free today on Kindle for my son's birthday turned 17 today so big one so I'm gonna wrap up so I can go spend the rest Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Also, please consider following us at Baseball Mentors and picking up a copy of our book, Play Ball Kit. We wish you the best of luck in your baseball journey.